stretched arm, His love endures forever. For the life that has been reborn, His love endures forever. We sing praise, sing praise. We sing praise, oh Lord, we sing praise. you Lord hallelujah we lift your name we magnify you oh Lord hallelujah we bless you Lord Jesus isn't it good to bless the Lord together to praise him Lord we lift you we magnify you Lord hallelujah put our hands together you give me joy you give me life you give me strength to stand in the fire. Now I can live, I live what I see, showing the world how to worship a king. Lord, I give you thanks, God, I give you praise, give you a life Shows I'm living like a child who bears your name.
Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We lift you. We magnify you. Lord, as we praise you, as we lift you, as we magnify you, Lord, don't let it be an empty praise. Don't let it just be a shout, but let it be a passionate praise from our hearts, oh God. Lord, stir in us, oh Lord Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. Let's worship him together, church. Lord, we lift you. Stir a passion in my heart, God. 
to the Lord. Give him honor. Give him praise. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you, O Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Let's lift him up together, church. Glorify the Lord. Magnify him together now, church. We pray. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We lift you up, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Just worship the Lord, church. Magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord Jesus.
everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Aren't you glad to be saved? Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, I'll tell you, it's something else playing that bass and then getting up here. I feel like I'm in a drum now, buddy. You have no idea. Oh my, praise God. Good to see everybody this morning. And um, today we, is Memorial uh, Weekend, and so we honor those today that have fallen and um, also, is, is there anybody in the house that is uh, currently serving? I know we have several in our church that are serving or have served. 
If you're here today, would you um, raise your hand or let me see you? Is there any in the house today? I know we have some that are out today that did. Anyhow, today we honor them. Can we give them a hand clap today that God would bless them and their families? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brian, and praise team for that wonderful song that you just brought us this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6. I'm filling a word for today, and my title today is simply Encourage Yourself. Now, the key word that I want you to notice on is the word yourself. Everybody see that big white lit up? There's a purpose that it's like that, because I need everybody to understand today that I need you to encourage yourself. Now, I am not, today I am not by no means underestimating the fact that there are times that we need someone to encourage us. Has anybody ever been there before? I am not underestimating that fact. There are times in our Christian lives that we need somebody to pat us on the back and say it's going to be okay. We, we need somebody to call us on the phone and say, I've been thinking about you and I've been praying for you and I just want to let you know that, you know, God's on your side. I just want you to know that if you need anybody to talk to, I'm going to be here for you. You've got those phone calls before. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So there's times that we need that in our lives. I'm not underestimating that fact. But I want to focus on the point today that there's going to come a time in your life when there's not going to be somebody to pat you on the back and hold your hand through your valley. Hallelujah. Or shout now forever hold your peace. There is going to come a time in your life. You know, we, we've created baby religion. We've, got, we've created babies in the church to where we pretty much have to pamper them. That's what the modern church has done back in my day. It was kind of like when I learned how to swim. Ray Wimmer was the guy's name. He was like a second father to me. My father had passed. And as a teenager, he's the one that took me camping and all the things that fathers do with their sons. And I remember he took me one day. I could not swim and he took me into the deep end of that lake or river, whatever it was, and that body of water. And he began to walk out there, put me on his shoulders, and he's walking out there. And I began to scream like a little girl. I cannot swim. I cannot swim. To which he gets so deep, I know it's over my head by now. And he said, well, boy, you'll learn how to swim or you'll die. And he threw me over the back of his shoulders. <laughs> I guess what Ray was trying to teach me, there comes a time that you've got to grow up. And in our Christian lives, so often time, we've been babied and pampered by this modern church that tells us that unless we have a small group, unless we have people around us, then you can't make it. Well, I want to tell you that Moses stayed on the backside of a desert for 40 years and he was one of the most powerful men of God to ever live in history. I need you to understand that little David was tending the sheep before he came out to fight Goliath and defeat him that day. So don't tell me that i got to have somebody always holding my hand for me to make it. There comes a time that you've got to work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. You don't need the pastor to give you a phone call. You don't need the Sunday school teacher to tell you you can make it. There's times that we need to grow up and we need to understand the same God that Moses served and David served and my pastor serving is the same God that I'm serving. And if he's been faithful to them, then my gosh, he's going to be faithful to me. Is somebody with me today? So, so I'm not trying to underestimate that fact today. Please don't consider me insensitive today. But at the same time, I want us to understand in the early church, when, when, when I got saved, it was a thing you got saved and, and you served God. You, you didn't 
you know, back in the day, does anybody remember the day before we had a pile of programs? Does anybody remember that church? We didn't need a pile of programs, did we? We didn't have to have a connect group to keep us connected to the church because we were afraid somebody was going to leave. We got saved and we got really saved and we connected and got committed to the church and that was our church, bless God. You let people get mad, you let people get angry, we're staying. You let trouble hit the house of God, we're staying. You let people fight with the pastor and leadership, we're staying. That is our church. Anybody remember that day? There was a sense of commitment. And back in those days, we didn't need people to pamper us and to hold our hand. We knew that Jesus Christ was enough. So today, I want you to understand what I'm going to preach today is about encouraging yourself in the Lord. Because listen to me, if you spend too much time waiting on other people to help you, you will drown while you're waiting. You've got to learn to be able to stand up on your own two feet. And then when somebody does come along and encourage you, it wasn't because you had to have it. It's just going to raise you even that much higher. But you will not drown. Listen, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. i got to read this to you today so you don't think I'm just making this stuff up. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. That's pretty bad stuff there. Because the soul of all the people was great. Now this is Ziklag, which is their town, has been burned to the ground. All of their daughters, their sons, their kids, everybody has been taken. Their cattle's been taken. They come back home from war, and this is what David found. Every man was grieving for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, verse 8. Then David... Asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? The Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. When David is at his lowest point, he steps back and he begins to inquire of the Lord. He begins to ask God, what should I do? Can I just tell somebody, that is always a great question to ask. What should I do? You should never reach a place in your life that you can't step back and say, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? A lot of the things that I've gotten in trouble in my life was because I did not stop and inquire of the Lord. The reason that I've gotten myself into a lot of trouble is because I asked everybody else, but I didn't ask the Lord. And I'm learning that when you ask the Lord what you ought to do, God gives you the correct direction, and then your ways will be successful. Every path you take, it will be blessed. It does not mean that it will not be hard. It does not mean that it will not be uncomfortable. But when I know that God said go, then it's going to be okay. Now, 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 here we are. There are times in our life when we get hit by things that, that we don't expect in our life. We don't see them coming. We call them the unforeseen enemy. A matter of fact, you, you've probably heard President Trump as he's referred to coronavirus as the unseen enemy. Things were going so well, but then all of a sudden everything stops dead in our tracks. You, you just look at our economy. You look at COVID-19. You, you think about how the U.S. economy that was doing better than it's ever done before. And, and they look, and the Democrats probably, some of them liberals smiled when all of this happened. Somebody ought to... Not say man because that's political. 
But they probably smiled when some of this stuff happened. They said, oh man, Trump's going to get a bad economy. There's two reasons that a president doesn't get reelected. This is y'all's economics class. It's either war is one reason. Another reason is a bad economy. So some people probably smiled and thought, oh, this will put us under. This unseen enemy hit us. Our economy literally shut down overnight. Over in the, overnight, our economy stopped. The enemy, this unseen enemy had come. Can I tell somebody... That there are times in your Christian life that an unseen enemy is going to come your way. You're not going to be looking for it. Everything can be going good. Your family's doing good. The kids are getting good grades in school. You're eating steak dinners at night. Everything is happy and hunky-dory. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the unseen comes. You walk into your office and all of a sudden you hear a guy say, Hey, I'm sorry, we just don't need you anymore. And they hand you the pink slip. Does that not change your life? life overnight from one night to the next day and then you go home and you're like honey tonight's not steak we're eating sardines and crackers like grandma and grandpa used to do because an unseen enemy has come in your life listen whether you're hit by things that you see coming or things you don't see coming there are times like David that when he returns back to his family and his home that he is overwhelmed the people that are with him were overwhelmed that is when David says instead of freaking out and going crazy I need you to step back and I need you to take a moment to encourage yourself in the Lord and I need you to call on the name of the Lord and I need to, you to ask God what would you have me to do see according to David I like what God said not only have you lost everything he said but I'm going to give you back more than you lost to begin with. Is there anybody in this house that can believe that with me? That you've had some losses in your life. But you can believe today that if you'll just inquire of the Lord. And keep encouraging yourself to go on even when you don't feel like it. Keep believing. Even, even when you don't see it. you got to believe he's working. Because this God as they just sang about is a way maker. A miracle worker. We need to ask the Lord what should we do. And when we do that we wait on the Lord. Believing like David. That God is going to give me back more. Then I lost. Before the virus, our plates were full, and then something happened we could not see coming. All of a sudden, I mean, you think about it. How many of you had time to sit around the table and eat with the kids hardly? How many of you had time to go throw a football in the yard? I mean, you're just busy, right? Life's busy. You always got somewhere to be, always got something to do. And there were people that said they wish it wouldn't go back to the new normal. Because they actually realized what they were missing. And how that things in the, this life, they were taking away from their family. Time that they should spend with their husband, their wife, their children. That they, they were missing out on that. And they didn't even recognize it. Until something like this hit. Our plates were full. But then all of a sudden it changes. See, there's times maybe we may feel that our life is spinning out of control and we don't know what to do. But after you've worried until you cannot worry no more and sometimes that happens, you step back. Inquire of the Lord. You wait on Him. Now, I'm going to give you seven key points this morning if you allow me to. The first one is this. This is how you encourage yourself. Number one, you've got to believe that the best is yet to come. Has anybody ever heard that statement? Do you believe that statement? When it's 
seems like the straw that broke the camel's back. It is at that moment that you take courage for God is on your side. It is in that moment of weakness that you take courage and you understand that help is on the way. Do I have anybody in the house today that you can say beyond the shadow of a doubt, Pastor, I believe that the best is yet to come for me. Well, if you believe that, you need to speak that into your life. If you believe that, you need to speak that into your children's life. You don't need to sit around distressed and discouraged because of what the enemy has taken away from you. You need to believe that God is still there. And if God is still there, then God is still working on your behalf. My best days are not behind me. My best days are ahead of me. So when I get discouraged, I begin to encourage myself in the Lord and remind myself, Jimmy, God is not finished with you yet. You haven't even scratched the surface of what God is going to do in your life. You haven't even scratched the surface of what God is going to do in your family, in your church, in your life. you got to believe it. The best is yet to come. My second key point I want to give you today is this. Sometimes you need to get it out before you can get over it. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes you need to just get it out before you can actually get over it. I want to tell somebody here today. When you are going through hard times, can I just say it this way? You are allowed to show feelings. Amen, hallelujah. Now, I know some of you muscle men up in this church, there ain't nothing going to take me down, bless God. Let me tell you something. There's times that we need to show our feelings. There's times, you know, the pastor, oftentimes it's one of the things that we do as leaders in general. Even if you're at a job and you're, you're a supervisor, or you're over a certain specific group, you always try to play tough guy. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter how bad it is, you won't never think, man, this is the best thing that ever happened. And inside you're thinking, my God, this is a mess. It's because that's what you do. We hide our feelings. We, we masquerade. We mask ourselves. We, we come to church with our mask on. And, and, and if somebody said something about the mask that people are wearing, and then they're like, well, we were wearing masks before COVID-19 when we came to church anyhow. Oh, some of you didn't get that, but you'll get it later. We were already wearing masks because when we came in, we tried to make people say, oh, I don't want you to see my feelings. Oh, everything's going good with me. So I need you to understand that when you're going through a time of trial, it's okay to show your feelings. What would happen if you went to your mama or daddy's funeral and we see you at the graveside? You never show any emotion. We're going to think you a serial killer or something crazy. You psycho. Yes, I said it. Something wrong. I've been at a lot of funerals in my day. And I'm going to tell you, very few funerals have I ever went to that somebody that you lost close to you, I don't see a tear roll down your face. Now, I'm not talking about uncontrolled when I'm having to hand you Kleenexes and you're blowing your nose and snot's going everywhere. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about seeing the pain in their heart. Seeing the grief. If I went somewhere like that and they didn't show it, I would be worried. It's okay to feel confused sometimes. Because sometimes I really don't know what's going on. And I don't know what's going to happen. It's okay to be confused. People look at the leaders and they think, man, you always got to tell us where to go. There's times I don't even know where to go. Alright? I'm praying my way through it too. I'm stepping back and inquiring of the Lord too. I'm waiting on God to give me direction too. So there's times in our life we have to understand it's okay to grieve. It's okay to lament. It is okay. Don't act like everything is all right all the time because it isn't. 
It is healthy to feel pain and sorrow of the moment. It is okay to take a moment to process what just happened in your life. It is healthy because you know this. You are going to make it through. And if you can remember all of that pain. See, see, I was, I was watching a show the other day and, and one of the things that they wanted to do was they wanted to take away the pain of the person. From all the things that went wrong. They had had so much loss. Lost family members. Lost houses. Lost a lot of things. And they said if we can. We'll just take the pain away from you. Talking about that sci-fi stuff last week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you don't. It's fine. You'll get over it. And they wanted just to take the pain away. To which the individual says no. I want to keep the pain. Because see, what you have to understand, there's some of you, there's been times in my life as a pastor that I saw people suffering. I wish to God that I could have went to them and said, I want to, I'm taking it away from you. I don't want you to grieve. I don't want you to have sorrow. I want to take that grief away from you. You're lost. I don't want you to have to suffer. I don't want to see you cry. But what I've understood through the years is simply this, that it is okay. I don't want the pain taken away from me because it is the pain that has shaped me to become the man that I am today. Without that pain, I'm somebody totally different. So I thank God for my pain. It's like the song that we sing sometimes through it all. I thank God for my mountains, but I thank Him for my valleys. I thank Him for every storm that I went through because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. What I'm trying to tell you is simply this. When you remember all of that pain that you had in your past, then when you do get victory, and child of God, you will get victory. When you get victory, the victory will be so much sweeter. Sweeter, the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, God Almighty. And number three, there has to come what I want to call an until moment. U-N-T-I-L. An until moment. Does anybody know what an until moment is? No? Yeah? Maybe? I don't know. An until moment is when everything begins to change for you. It is when your situation turns the corner and a new thing is born in your life. That's an until moment. I was so discouraged when I came to church until... Well, I heard Pastor Brian, that praise team, sing, My God is a way maker. And I lifted my hands. The tears started flowing down my face. My God, I feel victory already. I feel better already. I was about to quit. I was about to give up until... I heard that sermon and the Holy Spirit hit me right in the heart, spoke to me and said, if this isn't for anybody else in this church, he's preaching to you. Until. You gotta have an until moment. There's some of you in here, you just you're down now until and God comes in and he fills in the blank. Look at look at Psalm 73. David says in verse 16 and 17, he said, When I thought how to understand this, that means all the things that are going on, it was too painful for me. I'm dealing with all this pain. Somebody, somebody. Oh, y'all still ain't got it. Somebody until I went into the sanctuary 
of God. There's some of you today, can I just say to you, you've come to the right place. You came in here discouraged, but you're going to leave here saying, I went that Sunday and I was so discouraged on May 24th until God showed up in that house. Until God touched my heart and changed my situation. You need to have an until moment. And when you have your until moment, I promise you everything is going to change. Key point number four. You have to be careful when you're discouraged not to let bitter people come into your life. Does anybody know a bitter person? Don't say it too loud if they're sitting beside you. When you look at crisis, crisis is what is known as a time of extreme difficulty. Crisis can bring out the best in a person. Sometimes crisis can bring out the worst in a person. <laughs> it can bring it out in others, but it can also bring it out in you. And when people have bitterness, eventually, according to David, they'll want to stone you. Did you read our text today? David says they were wanting to stone me. They spake of stoning me. Can I tell you, ask the Apostle Paul. If you preached something they didn't like, if you did something they didn't like, all the time they wanted to take Paul and stone him. On one occasion, they let him through the back window in a basket so that he could escape their wrath of stoning him. Another occasion, they called up with the Apostle Paul for preaching the gospel. They took him outside the city gates. They threw stones at him until it literally almost killed him. The Bible says that he was left for dead. Oh, somebody ought to help me preach. What I'm telling you is there's times that's what bitter people do. They project on you. That's why they're not good to talk to when you're in pain. They're good at finger pointing. They use the blame. Oh my God, that is the tool of the enemy, folks. That finger pointing and blame is a tool of the enemy. Be careful in your relationship when you start blaming the husband or wife or, or you start blaming the kids or you start, start blaming and pointing the finger at another friend or, or maybe even at a church member. That is a tool of the devil to bring discouragement and division to your life. Do not allow that to happen you've got to steer clear of those that want to play the blame game because hear me and hear me good if you stay around bitter people long enough you ready for it I sound like grandma up here giving you a lecture if you hang around bitter people long enough you too are going to become bitter you will listen there's a thing about crisis that I need somebody to hear me say today if you're not careful crisis is either going to make you bitter or it's going to make you better. I need you to grab that. There's some people that I've seen and when they come through crisis, they're so much of a better person. But man, I've seen it wreak havoc on people's life and when they came through, nobody wanted to be around them. They were hurt. They were broken, damaged goods. Don't let that be you. You keep encouraging yourself in the Lord. My God. Number five, encourage yourself in the Lord. You don't encourage yourself in the news. You don't encourage yourself in the church. You don't encourage yourself in the pastor. David said, encourage yourself in the Lord. Because there's a secret that we all need to learn today. Sometimes we need to encourage ourselves. There won't always be someone beside you, as I said at the onset of my sermon, to encourage us. There are times that, that regardless of those surrounding you, that you are going to be 
alone. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There will be a time that you are going to go to church and, and the church is going to be full of people. They're going to be sitting all around you, but you are going to feel isolated and alone. Mark my word, I'm telling you, if you serve God long enough, I remember some years ago, I was a young man and a young teenager, and I remember going through a valley, and I remember, you know, back in the day, we used to shout, well, we kick a leg up in a minute, run the pews, run around the pews, run over the pews, whatever we could do. Saw one guy try to hang from a chandelier one time, it didn't end well. What I'm telling you, we used to do all this shouting. Well, let me tell you, I remember one particular service, a lot of our emotionalism was going on, and, and I remember that service, man, I was just standing, I didn't feel anything. And I began to ask God, you know, what in the world's wrong with me? You know, I'm supposed to feel emotional too. I'm so, if they shout, I'm supposed to shout. But God taught me a valuable lesson. There's days that you're going to be surrounded by a group of people. And you're going to be isolated and you're going to feel alone. And you're going to feel like nobody's there with you even though they're all around you. That is called going through crisis. That is called going through a personal situation. A personal dilemma. It is called life is what we call it sometimes. The devil's picking on you. He's been trying you. God's given him permission like Job to come and attempt you to fail and to do wrong. But take courage in the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. I said take courage in in the Lord because when you're in a building and you feel alone I need you to know that, that God said I will never leave you nor forsake you I'm going to go with you to the end even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I'll fear no evil for you Lord thou art with me somebody needs to know today you are not alone encourage yourself in the Lord encourage yourself my God, somebody ought to say amen here today. Give God a hand clap of praise. My Lord. I got to hurry. So three ways to encourage yourself for this. David did it, and you're going to have to do it too. The first thing you have to do is you have to rehearse your past victories. There are literally hundreds of victories in your life. From the time that you were a baby, miracles started happening in your life. Some of your parents may could tell you a story of when they thought they were going to lose you. I remember Branson was only, what, five years old? One night I was pastoring near Church of God. How many years has it been? Five? He was five maybe? I don't know. He was a little, he's a little fella. I could pick him up in my arms easily. He's a lot taller now. But I remember that night, all of a sudden, we wake up to a kid that can't breathe. He can't. He's, he's never had asthma. He, he went to bed fine. He's not, at the time, wasn't running a fever. Well, you know, I mean, this is unseen. Don't know what's going on. He wakes up in the middle of the night. He cannot breathe. To which I do what I know how to do. I just, I've, I've heard different things, I'm, you know, in my life. I think, well, if I put him in the freezer, you know what I'm saying? Freezer works. That'll wake your lungs up. And so I take his head and I stuff it right there at the ice machine. I mean, hey, breathe, buddy. I remember he's still, still hard. Can't I take him outside. I remember it was cold outside. And I'm sitting here and, and I've got a blanket that I've wrapped around me and him. And I'm sitting here. It's so cold outside. I still vividly remember it. I was literally shaking. 
It was so cold, but I figured, well, if we have cold air, it will open up his lungs. He'll be able to breathe. And I remember being out there and feeling helpless and praying, God, what in the world's going on? Would you just heal, heal this baby? Heal him in Jesus' name. Do, do whatever you do, God. Just, just work a miracle here. And, and I, I knew he couldn't breathe. And, and, and all of a sudden, whenever finally we call 911 and, and the medics get there and this guy got there within probably, I don't know, maybe three or four minutes. It was the fastest response I've ever seen. It was right down the road. He comes in there. His oxygen levels are literally, I think he said at 60-something now, for any of you medical people, you know right there, he's, he, he's, he's at death level. I mean, you, you can't breathe at that level to which he began to give him oxygen. There, there's things like that that happen. But I remember that God brought my boy through. He could have died that night. He could have died that night. Literally, his oxygen level at 60 something. Had that man not got there in time, if God had not sent him at that moment to protect and to watch out for him, it was like an angel watching over him. If that had not happened, he could have very well not been here today. I rehearse in my mind the past victories that God has given for me. There's some of you that when you were a kid, ask your mom and dad. They can tell you a story of something that happened in your life that the enemy was trying to snatch you away. There's many stories I could tell you about my churches and even growing up and I can tell you even churches I pastored where we struggled and went through chaos but the Lord brought a great victory. There's some of you in here you need to remember where God has brought you from. If you could just focus on your past success and God's past provision for your life. You would understand. You would shake off the feeling of feeling sorry for yourself. Anybody ever been there? You'll shake that feeling off and say, why in the world am I feeling sorry for myself? I am not a victim. I'm going to stand up to this challenge like little David. I'm going to say you're coming to me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts of the name that you're defined. God delivered me from bears and lions. God is going to deliver me from you somebody needs to remember God has not left you God's been there in your past you need to encourage yourself in the Lord if he was there back then he's still there now you got to remember you're under divine protection I want you to think angels are protecting you right now in today's crisis God is preserving you and your family nobody in our church has gotten this virus to my knowledge Anybody? If you have, please leave now. No, I'm just <laughs> I don't know of anybody that's got it. There's angels that are protecting us. And I continue. I pray every day God protect our church family. Protect our family from this virus. God can do that. You think of the things that should have taken you under. And I know you've got it, but they didn't take you under. There may be battles ahead, but God's protection was there in the past. And God's protection is your promise for this crisis that you're currently going through. So pastor came to tell you, you need to encourage your Number three, you've got to remind yourself of who your God is. I like what Brian's saying this morning. He is able. He is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is the very door that you need when it seems that every other door has closed in your life. He's going to make a door for you. And you walk through that door. Listen, i got to hurry. Point number six. Praise is the pathway to encouragement and recovery. When you are discouraged, one of the best things that you can do is not call your bitter friend to get them to feel bad for you. The best thing that you can do is lift your hands and give God glory. I was reading my Bible this morning, and it was where David uh, has a child. Do you remember Bathsheba? He had that affair with her. It was wrong. He killed Uriah. He did a bad thing. God still forgave him, thank the Lord. But he made a mistake. The baby... 
is, it looks like it's going to die. So David begins to fast and pray. God, whatever you do, don't take this baby from me. Please don't take this baby from me. The child dies. The people come to David, the, lead, the rulers, you know, those, those people that, that watch over him, his servants, whatever. They come to David. They were afraid to tell him that the baby had died because the Bible said they were afraid of what he may do. They thought he was going to go crazy. And they tell him, said, my Lord, the king, your, your, your child, he said, is he dead? Yes, he's dead. Do you know what the Bible said he did? He got up, he went into the house of the Lord, and he worshiped. He went and praised God. They couldn't believe it. There's some of you that need to understand that regardless of the crisis you're going through, your best answer is to praise your way out of it. It is the pathway to your encouragement. Now, 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 now Doug, I could, I could grab your hand down there. You know, when we used to pray for the Lord, come here, come here, come here. When, when, when I was in church, and, and I work with this guy every day, so I'm going to break the six-foot rule. He coughs in my office, sneezes in the hallway, all that stuff. So... <laughs> Yeah, when, 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 and I say that's Corona cough. But anyhow, that's beside the point. When I used to pray in church, you remember we were, we'd be seeking for the Holy Ghost. Everybody got to be filled with the Spirit. And we'd be sitting there praying. I'd look about like what he looks now. Lord God, name you. And I remember people used to do this all the time. They'd be like, come on, praise him. And so I was praying one night, and I remember I had one guy. He got under my shoulder, and he's like this right here. And the other guy's under this shoulder. And, and, and I'm tired. I'm wore out. And when they move, my hands go... Praise Him. Praise Him. You know what I learned from that growing up? I don't need nobody lifting my hand to praise God. If I'm going to praise God, then bless God. Lift your hands and bless His name. Are y'all ready for this? It doesn't take a song that's got a beat. Like this right here to get my hands going and to get my hands lifted. It doesn't take a good camp meeting sermon to make me make it through. All you need to understand, you can be sitting in your home drinking your coffee. Lift your hands in the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill your room right there. Praise is the answer to your problem. So praise begins with gratitude. Spend your day today praising God. Spend your day-to-day -day with gratitude and praise. It will change your countenance. The disciples, when they had been with the Lord, the Bible said that people could look at them. Come on and play if you don't mind, sister. Now, they could tell. The Bible said that these men are unlearned, Peter, James, and John. But when they see them, because they've been in praise, because they've been with God, the Bible said they took notice that they had been with Jesus. I do not want to be the guy that when people see me, oh God, there goes Jimmy again. What's he going to complain about today? What's he discouraged about today? I want them to say, thank God Jimmy's here. I've been discouraged. I've been frowning. This guy's going to make me smile before he leaves this building. I'm going to feel better. He's going to lift me up. He's not going to tear me down. And I'll close with this point. And I'm, I'm, I'm leaving you. You ready? So the Lord told him, not the pastor, not his best friend, not the wife, even though she does tell you a lot of things, but the Lord told him, 
yes. Because he asked them, can I go after this tree? And the Lord said, yes, go after them. I want to tell somebody, go after it. Brian, they didn't get it. You got it, didn't you? You kind of get me, don't you? I said, go after it. Go after that promotion you don't think you're qualified for. Go after that dream that you quit chasing. Go after that new business picture that God put in your heart. Go after it. That, that'll preach. We sit there and I'm like, oh, God's going to make a way. God's going to bless me. I'm just sitting here waiting on him. Get over yourself. Get up and, and chase it. David, you don't just sit here until your victory comes across your leg and wait on Jesus. You get off your pew, you get off your rump, and you go after what you want. Go after your family. Go after your children. Go after your kingdom. Because as long as you sit here discouraged, feeling like you can't win, that's exactly what you're going to do is be discouraged. But if you'll just learn to encourage yourself, get up and go after it. You will surely recover everything, David, that has been taken from you. Woo. My God, no, you don't want to mess with me. Because I'm going to come back with more from this battle than before. I'm going to come back stronger than before you tried to beat me down. I'm going to come back a more powerful singer, preacher, leader, teacher. I'm going to be better at my job than I've ever been before. Because God's going to do something in my life. So go ahead. Come and attack me. But know this devil. I'm not going to sit on my butt and be discouraged. I'm coming after you too. And I'm going to take back everything. And even some more. So don't. don't, don't don't think you've won because you haven't. So not only does David get it all back, he takes the spoils. I want you to believe today for all that is possible for you. I want you to believe everything that's possible for your family, for your livelihood, whatever it may be. I need you to understand you shall recover it all. It is time to quit waiting for somebody else to encourage you. It is time for you to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let's stand. I'm going to pray over you today before we leave. My God Almighty. Sing. Sing this course with him. Sing it with him. Sing it with him, he's a way maker. This is your moment to praise your way out. Praise your way out. He's a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are waymaker. You're a waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. That is who you are, waymaker, miracle worker. Come on, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is. One more time. Oh, way maker, 
Because you said you'd never leave us. You'd never forsake us. You will be with us until the end of the world. I declare victory to this congregation today. Let them trust in you even during the hard times. In the name of Jesus, if you believe it, shout amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and 